And so 2 Kings chapter 13 verse 14 through 19 says, When Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash the king of Israel came down to him and wept over him and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Elisha said to him, Take a a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Verse 16 says, Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it. Then Elisha laid his hand on the king's hand. He said, Open the windows towards the east. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The Lord's arrow of victory. Somebody say victory. Now shout it. Shout victory. Even the arrow of victory over uh, Syria, for you will defeat uh, the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Uh, Then he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Everybody say, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. Verse 19 says, so the man of God was angry with him. And said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria until you would have destroyed it. Some of your translations may be saying Aram. Until you would have destroyed it. But now you shall strike Syria only three times. And so I'm going to keep a message. I'm going to speak for the next few moments on this message called keep striking. And so listen, man, I, you know, oftentimes... It's not until things change that we really appreciate uh, what we have. Come on, somebody. And the facts of life are, especially as single people, we'll start there. Single people are always talking about how they wish that they can be married. And they have, see, y'all are awfully quiet in that moment right there. Oh, I wish I could find a boo. I wish I could have, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't know anybody like that. But we're often wanting to move to the next thing. uh, Most times before we make full use of the thing that we already have. Who's with me this morning? And then marriage, married people. And see that, that would, that should have set some single people free right there. Because some of you, some of you, you're just saying, you know what? I'm just looking to get married. And what you don't realize is, is that God's trying to prepare you and prepare the person that you're supposed to link up with. Come on, somebody. And he wants you to be whole before you go and connect with someone else. I don't mean to preach to single folk, but I think I might just park here for a second. Because the fact of the matter is that you got to realize that some of some people think that you get whole when you get married. But how many of you know that you need to be in marriage? A successful marriage takes a one hole and another hole. Come on, somebody. You don't look for people to complete you. You look for someone to compliment you. And God still work. Man, I didn't feel re- I didn't mean to start preaching so early, but I want to help some single person in here today to understand that God oftentimes is trying to develop you and prepare you for what is to come. And so we oftentimes don't make use of this. And then married folk, married folk, they get married and then everybody having babies. Come on. And then if you grow up in a West Indian home like I did, boy, when you going to have some grand, when you going to give me some grandchildren? Maybe you never heard anything like that. 
You know, when are you going to give me grandkids? Y'all been married long enough. Come on. When are the grandkids going to come? And people always put in the pressure and they don't realize the thing. And so, and so as a result, many individuals, they rush on to the next step. And they try and they get ready and they have babies. And what takes place is that, you know, then after they have these babies, uh, they realize that, you know what, man? I didn't make the best use of the time that I had when we just got married. Can't what you know, you can't, you, you put your favorite chocolate in the fridge, it's gone. Man, I'm telling you, you can't put anything around my daughter. She can be, she, she's just walking and doing her thing and she shows up and you know, I mean, she shows up in our room in the morning with stuff just all over her face. Because you can't put anything down, she's going to get it, you know? You know, you don't even realize that a lot of times, especially as kids, kids don't value naps and whatever, you know, we didn't value naps as children at all. But then, you know, you can, you, you do not value your sleep when you are just married. And you're out and you're having fun and you're doing your thing, then let a baby show up. Some parents ought to know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, man, I lost sleep when, how old is Gabriel? Nine years ago? Nine years ago is when sleep was done. Because Gabriel, he would wake up and all these things. And so we need to understand that, you know, many of us, we don't make use of much of the opportunities, many of the opportunities that are presented to us in life. And so you're wondering where I'm going with this thing, because as we're now here at the end of 2017, my question is to you, yes, I use those familial examples. However, there are various things in our lives. You have had the entirety of 2017 and many of us were like, oh, I can't wait until 2018. Oh my, I can't wait for what's getting ready to happen. 2018, uh, I'm going to get more green. I don't know. You know, we come up with those corny rhymes, you know, uh, 2018, my spleen is going to get clean. I don't know. I'm just uh, corny. I know. But the, cor- the rhymes are pretty corny that people be coming up with. But you didn't do what you could have done with 2017. And many of us looking for God to do something new in 2018 when we haven't even made the most of what he gave us in 2017. In fact, some of our New Year's resolutions need to be to take the stuff that we wasted in 2017 and actually put it to use this year. Okay, can I keep it real this morning? And so I love it because here in the text that we find a scenario where we read about Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. He was a prophet that operated in the uh, in the nation of Israel for six decades, like 60 years. And so prophets, uh, prophets, God used to speak through them uh, as before the word was established as we have it today. Their word was canonical. It was the thus saith the Lord, like God was speaking. God was talking through them. God was endorsing, uh, endorsing what it was that they were saying. And so this was before Jesus shows up and not to get too teachy today, cause I only got a little bit of time. Uh, but in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two, it makes it clear, uh, the, the, uh, supposed Paul, Paul was one of the people who God used to found the church on. He was one of the leaders for those who are new to church and Bible. And, you know, he was just, he's one of my heroes in scripture. And he makes it clear. He says that in times past that God used to speak to the fathers and speak to the people in times past by his prophets. And so prophets were individuals who God used mightily 
in the first half of scripture before Jesus showed up. He would use them not only to declare the word of God, but God would also do miracles and things through them in a mighty way. And yes, we have the prophetic office. There are people who are called to be prophetic. Uh, Some of you may have that gifting on your life. Some of you already know. Some of you don't know that. And uh, I would love to help you to activate that thing in your life. Uh, But either way, it's not the same sort of an office as it was in the Old Testament. Because the Bible makes it clear that now, although God spoke through prophets in the Old Testament, uh, predominantly that now he has spoken through his son. Come on. And so Jesus shows up and John chapter 1 declares uh, that he is the word. Come on. And so he is God's word spoken to us. God's love language. That was so good. Y'all just missed it. Jesus is God's love language. He said, I love you through Jesus. And he declares that to us boldly, unequivocally, through the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Man, that's good stuff right there. And so we can hold on to this and this is fantastic. But I love it because here in the text we find that Elijah who served for 60 years. Everybody say 60 years. Who was God's prophet to the nation of Israel through which God spoke, through which God did miracles. He's now at his point of expiration. The Bible declares that he is sick with a sickness that with which he is supposed to die. And this is crazy because it's similar. This is kind of after the similitude of the fact that we now are at a place where we are at the end of this year. Just as Elisha was at the end of his ministry and he was at the end of his life. We find that we are at the end of this year. This was a transition time for them, for the people of Israel. Because the prophet through whom God used mightily uh, was now about to expire. And so there was a transition. Everybody say transition. That was getting ready to happen. And so I think that this is a relevant word for us as we consider what's getting ready to happen as we move on into this new year. So let's establish, let's look at what happens here. Look back at 2 Kings chapter 13 verse 14. When Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die. Joash the king of Israel came down to him. So Joash is the king, Elisha is the prophet and wept over him and said my father my father he says the chariots of israel and its horsemen so here he's lamenting he's concerned about the warriors that are a part of the nation that he is king over come on he's he is concerned about that which he has charge over and so he comes to the man of god this this past individual who god has used for 60 years he comes and he 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 gleams from him might say he's going somewhere He recognized, the king recognized that Elisha was a man of God and that Elisha had God's endorsement upon his life. So although Elisha was getting ready to expire and was getting ready to leave, this king still decided that it was a good idea to go and find out what he should do as a result of what he was facing somebody's wondering where i'm going with this thing i just want you to understand uh, many of us our focus as it pertains to the past is always negative 
And we talk about, oh, I'm leaving my past behind in 2009. Come on. I'm beginning again in 2010. And we talk about all of this stuff. Come on, somebody. Even the fact that Dwayne just shared what he shared in his testimony. And we talk about the past oftentimes in a negative way. But I wonder if just like this king, come on, who goes and says, although Elisha is about to pass and although Elisha is a thing of the past, a person of the past, an office of the past through which God used to declare the word of the Lord, even though he's about to die, I'm getting ready to milk him for everything he's got before he gets out of here. Uh, somebody's wondering where I'm going. Number one, uh, number one point, number one, you can write this down, uh, tweet it, put it where you need it. Uh, the fact is our past contains useful keys for a victorious future. Come on, come on. Our past contains useful keys for a victorious future. As I'm telling you, there are many of us, although there have been challenges that you have faced in 2017, how many of you have experienced some lessons in 2017? Come on. How many of you, there are many of us in this place, there are vital things that God has taught you during this season. There are things that you went through that taught you some vital lessons. And many of us, you got to become to the place where you realize where you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know what? Man, before this year ends, I want you, you need to get to the place that you stop and you just think and you say, you know what? I'm going to let go of the hurt from the past. I'm going to let go from the things that happened to me that harmed me. Come on. But I'm not going to let go of the lessons. I didn't go through all that I went through just to make it through. I went through all that I went through because God was trying to equip me with tools to prepare me for what's up ahead. Come on. You can let go of the pain and let go of the insults and let go of all of the stuff they said about you. Who am I talking to this morning? You can let go of all of the negative things that happened, but you've got to get to the place like the king went to Elisha and you milk the past for everything is God. I want it because the past often holds you keys that are necessary for us to have a victorious future who are you with who am I with this morning and so he goes to Elijah and he says my father my father the chariots of Israel and its horsemen so he expresses his concern in regards to uh, the, the what's happening with his with that which he over which he has charge and then the Bible says look at this and this is where we go I just got two more points everybody say two more points Two more and I'm out of here. Look at this. It declares and says uh, in verse 15, Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Everybody say bow and arrows. He took a bow and arrows. And then it says in verse 17, then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it. Come on. Then Elisha laid his hand on the king's hand. So we find here, this is what's happening, that he comes to the prophet. The prophet tells him, he says, he says he's getting ready to, to uh, he's getting ready to shoot this, this arrow. He tells him, pick up an arrow and a bow. And then he takes up the arrow. And then he tells the prophet, put, or the prophet puts his hand uh, in endorsement on the king's hand as he prepares to shoot this arrow out the window are you with me this morning realize as i shared with you i shared with you uh the fact is that prophets were god's men in the earth it was through prophets that god established his word it's also through prophets that god endorsed 
things in the earth come on and so when it was that he told him to grab this arrow and to grab this bow i want you to just get this picture in your mind with me and he he then goes and the prophet then puts his hand on the arrow he is or on on the king's hand as his hand is on the arrow he's saying i co-sign come on and i approve i confirm that what's getting ready to happen is truth are you with me this morning and so then the bible says watch this he says then elisha says shoot and he shot and this is verse 17 and he said the lord's arrow of victory even the arrow of victory over syria for you will defeat the syrians at afik until you have destroyed them man this is some serious stuff so here we find that god that god declares through elisha that they are going to have victory going forward it's like a, it's like a a, a, a pre-approval come on it's a pre-approval for victory even before the battle happens oh somebody just got that right there because it's a pre-approval because he's saying shoot the arrow and this is a symbol that you're going to have victory and then he had he put his hand on it as a stamp of approval to say that this is god and god approves this message man there is something point number two here it is you need to understand that victory is pre-approved when god co-signs it (laughs) man 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 i'm telling you i'm telling you here it is that elisha puts his hand on the king's hand and he's co-signing saying i'm i am this is god approving that this message is going to come to pass and i'm so glad today some of you are looking and you're going into 2018 looking and saying man i hope to get the victory in 2018 and i just showed up to declare to maybe one or two people in this place before you cross over into the new year that you got to understand that God through Jesus through the love letter named Jesus Christ has declared that victory is yours even before you get into a battle come on I'm here to tell you see some of y'all enter stuff thinking man I wonder if I'm gonna make it through I wonder if I can get I'm telling you if you walk in God's word come on and you put your trust in the Lord God's hand is on God's word come on and so when it is that before you even fight a battle God's victory is on his word come on God's victory is on somebody just say that his victory is on his word you don't have to wonder if you can win with the word god's victory his endorsement is on his word and this is why you and i have got to get to the place instead of making vain boastings about the things that you're going to do in 2018 it's very important that we seek god for what he's blessing instead of begging him to bless what we are doing to see one of the greatest fights against disappointment in your life is when you spend less time begging god to bless what you're doing and instead ask him god what are you doing i want to do that so he shows up this is the beautiful thing this is why i like scriptures man like you know because when god's hand is on it man it's a powerful thing this is this is a declaration where jesus says in john 16 33 where he tells the disciples in this world you will have tribulations but he says be of good cheer because i have overcome the world come on who's excited about that this morning be of good cheer somebody say of good cheer because i have overcome the world he's already overcome the world and you have him inside of you if you're a christian so this is a pre-approval that god has prepared victory for you before you even face a trial 
This is why I love 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who has given us and gives us the victory through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 13. After Paul declares that no matter what situation I'm in, I'm going to be content. And after he declares and says, whether I have everything or I have nothing. Come on. He says, whether I have everything or whether I have nothing. Verse verse 13 of Philippians chapter 4. He says, but I can do all things through myself through christ somebody shout jesus who strengtheneth me come on we often look at that text and don't even understand the context around it and what he's telling us is man everything that you have been that god has called you to do everything that you face come on if god has led you to it god has already pre-approved the victory for you to be able to handle it who am i with who's with me on this morning I love it. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, I got I actually got to go to this passage and I want to look at this because as we I think it's very fitting as we're preparing uh, go to James chapter 4. The book of James chapter 4. As we're preparing for uh for making new year's resolutions and things of this nature, I think this is applicable to us. The book of James is in the second half of the Bible. It's right after the book of Hebrews. Uh, And so go there with me, James chapter 4. And it talks about how it is that we should make goals. As I'm telling you, we've got to seek God. Like you, many of us, we frame our lives around, you know what? This is what I want to do. You know what? This is what I want to do. And we never ask God, what is it that he wants us to do? You're guaranteed to win, man, if you do what God wants you to do. But it's iffy, it's so-so, come on, when we boast about stuff that we want as opposed to God's will. And look at what he says in James chapter 4. Are you there with me? James chapter 4 verse 13, he says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make profit. So he says, Hey, all of y'all who make declarations about stuff and say, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Look at what he says about it in verse 14. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor. How many of you know that's true? He says, you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And then he goes on and said, instead, somebody say instead. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will also do this or that. In other words, he's saying, don't make vain declarations about things that you're going to do without consulting God. Are you with me? Commit your plans unto the Lord, the Bible makes it clear, and he is going to establish them. There are many things that we go out and this is why a lot of Christians face disappointment because you went out talking about, you know, you know, my kids oftentimes, the, and even as a child, I remember how many of you used to make promises to your friends without asking your parents first? Oh, you want me to come out at seven o'clock after the lights go out? After the street lights are off? Oh, of course I'm going out. I'll meet you. I'll meet you around the corner. Come on, somebody. And then when you get home and your mother tells you, boy, get your backside in that bed. And you're looking and you're saying, man, oh, um, oh no, my friends are going to, my friend, you end up with disappointment because you made promises before you asked mom or dad. Come on. And there are many of us making declarations over our life. And then some of you, you talk about, oh, God can't be real because I said in faith that I was going to, who are you having faith in? Were you having faith in yourself or were you having faith in God? Come on, somebody. If you're having faith in God, you ought to consult him first before you start talking about what you do. Who's the Lord of your life? You are Jesus. 
I'm not making it up, man. He said, before you boast, before you go out and you say whatever you say, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. In other words, consult Jesus, consult his word, and we will live and do this or that. Verse 16, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance. In verse 16, all such boasting is evil. So it's evil to boast about what you're going to do without God's endorsement. We're still talking about 2 Kings chapter 13. And Elisha putting his hand on the person's, on, on the king's hand. I'm telling you, God's endorsement is important. In fact, look at your neighbor. That's good enough to preach. Tell him, neighbor, God's endorsement is important. God's endorsement is important. Man, this is setting somebody free today, I believe. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says that we know that God hears us. Come on, if we ask according to his will. And then we know what that we have the request that we are asking because we have asked according to his will. And so many of us were like, oh, because the Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find and knock. And we're asking for somebody else's wife. God ain't going to give you somebody else's wife. Come on. We're asking for we're asking for a job or for a car because we like that car. Oh, I'm going to get me a Bentley and you don't have the money to be able to pay the payments. And God's not going to curse you with a million dollars if you don't know how to steward a hundred. You can't afford to be a millionaire if you can't be a tenionaire. And many of us making declarations over our lives and all of these things, not realizing that we have to seek God's will. Come on, 2017. Come on, 2018. I believe we're going into this year and we're not going into this year just making vain declarations and boastings, but we're going to seek God about what it is that he would have for us to do. Who's with me this morning? And so going onwards, man, I mean, this is very important, even in terms of the importance of affirmation. We need people in our lives, godly people in our lives with the ability to be able to declare, to be able to confirm words in people's lives. People need affirmation. How many of you believe it this morning? They need affirmation. We need people in our lives to be able to say, hey, you're going in the right direction. Hey, or hey, you need to take a a chill pill and, and just take a step back because you're out of order in this situation. Come on. We need people in our lives to help to endorse uh, or let us know to let us know the direction that we are supposed to be heading who's with me and so you've got to make and avail yourself to be in this position and this is what i love and this is where i'm coming to the close if you will turn with me back to second kings chapter 13 who's still with me this morning second kings chapter 13 so elisha laid his hands on the king's hand in verse 16 he said open he says open the windows towards the east and he opened then elijah said shoot and then he shot and he said the lord's arrow of victory even the arrow of victory over syria for you will defeat the assyrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them look at verse 18 somebody say this is important then he said take the arrows And he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground 50 times. Did it say that? Strike the ground 10 times. Did it say that? He just says, strike the ground. Everybody say strike the ground. And he struck the king strikes three times and stopped. 
Then verse 19, so the man of God was angry with him and said, you have struck, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria until you would have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Here's point number three. Point number three, our victory has been earned by God, but how we apply it is determined by us. So God, through Elisha, already determined that they were going to have victory over the Syrians. Come on, somebody. But the fact is that the king, after this victory was provisioned, instead, and I want you to catch this, instead of him thinking about how much victory he needed, instead of him being strategic, he just strikes, just takes some stabbing stabs into the air. He strikes three times and stops. He did not employ his thought. He did not employ strategy. He did not think about what was necessary in, in order for him to apply this victory to the magnitude that would wipe out the enemies that he was facing. Man, I just want to talk to somebody this morning that needs to understand that yes, victory has been given to you by God. Yes, Jesus has overcome the world and he's made provision for you to walk a victorious life but you determine how, how efficacious that victory is in your life. It's you and I that determine how much you are going to apply that in your life. Man, I'm telling you that there are many of us, God has so much for you, but you're determining that you're only going to strike once or twice when you actually need to be striking four or five times. Come on. There are so many of us in our lives. Where is it in your life that you're only striking three times where you need to strike six? Where is it in your life that you're stopping short of getting the victory that has been provisioned for you because you're only allowing God in just a little bit? Jesus, I'm only going to allow you in three spike strikes. I'm only going to allow you in to this sort of a place. I'm only going to allow you into my, I'll allow you into part of my marriage, but I'm not going to allow you into this part of my marriage. I'm going to allow you into my parenting to this degree, but I'm not going to allow you in a little bit extra. I'm allow, I'm going to allow you into my music, but I'm not going to allow you into my money. Who am I talking to this morning? And then we be complaining and talking about, oh, I'm still defeated in my finances. But you know what God said and where the victory is provisioned through your generosity and through your giving. But many of us, we still will only strike once or twice. And we wonder why we're not getting full victory when we decide that we're only going to put in five minutes with the kids. And we're going to put five hours in with Netflix. And then we wonder why our kids are saying, are longing for our attention. And kids are doing attention-seeking uh, behavior because we're spending, we're striking only three times with our kids. Where have you been striking only three times or striking less than you need the amount that is necessary for victory in your life that God is saying? I'm telling you, God is calling us to another level. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning who says, Jesus has given me the victory. I'm going to keep striking till I strike that thing out devil you're not gonna have my mind in 2018 come on the lessons that i learned from 2017 i'm gonna keep striking till i knock you out the park come on who am i talking to on this morning i'm gonna keep striking you're not gonna have my mind anymore i don't care depression you are a waste of time i'm not giving my mind over to you anymore when bills come my way and i don't know how it is that i'm going to pay them i'm not giving my mind over to worry anymore i'm giving my mind i'm striking with the word saying that jesus as long as i seek him first all of these things will be added unto me who am i talking to on this morning 
morning when stuff happens and I don't see my way out I'm coming down for a close I wonder, I wonder if there's anybody that says I'm striking with Romans 8.28 all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose are there one or two people in this place this morning that say I'm going into this new year and I'm going to keep on devil no matter what you throw at me I'm going to keep swinging come on I'm going to keep swinging I'm not stopping short too many of you been bound for so long you're still bound with stuff that's been in your life still two th- since 2010 and Jesus is saying man I want you to go deeper I'm tired of that porn addiction in your life it needs to break off come on somebody I'm tired of that substance abuse that you've been experiencing it needs to break off maybe the next strike for you is you need to strike and go to AA or NA or go and get into a rehab whatever it is there's someone in this place today that's been bound and Jesus is saying it's time to come out there's a woman in the scripture in 2nd Kings chapter 4 and in 2nd Kings chapter 4 this woman is to a place where she and her son her husband has died she's a widow and the prophet Elisha this same prophet just a few chapters before the prophet Elisha he comes and she tells him about his situation about her situation and she said and he says to her go and borrow vessels from your neighbors because back then oil was very important and very precious and so the prophet says she he goes what do you have in your house she just had a little bit of oil in her house And he goes and she says to the prophet declares and says, go and borrow vessels and bring them back. And when you come back, close the door. And so he didn't tell her, go and get 10 vessels. He didn't go and tell her, go get 15 vessels. He told her, go and get vessels. And so she goes and gets vessels. And when she gets these vessels in faith, the Bible makes it clear that out of this experience, that she is able look it says in verse 3 then he said go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors even empty vessels do not get a few and you will go in verse 4 of second kings chapter 4 shut the door behind you and your sons pour out into all the vessels and you shall set it aside in full and when she followed the instructions every vessel that she brought to the house even though she only had a little oil, God, through his servant, did this miracle where every vessel, somebody say every vessel, every vessel had oil. And she was able to take those vessels of oil and go and sell them to pay off the debt that she had. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning because somebody here says, you know what? The reason why I only struck three times is because I only have a little bit of oil. And so I'm thinking that God's movement is based upon the little that I have. But God, the miracle that God wants to do is not based upon what you have. Come on. It's based on your capacity. And you determine. Somebody say, I determine. Man, this is big. I want you to get this. You determine your level of capacity she was the one that went out and determined how many vessels she got she could have got 
two vessels. She could have believed that only five vessels would be filled. But she went out. She could have been embarrassed and said, I don't want to go and tell everybody, go ask people for stuff. Especially, again, man, the way I was brought up, man, we'd, my, my uncle used to say, you borrow one, you buy two. One for them and one for you. Because when you borrow someone from something from someone, then you end up breaking it or losing it. And then you have to end up buying one for yourself and one for them. So she could have had pride and said, I'm not going out and doing this because of the the pride that's attached to it. It takes humility to go out and ask to borrow. And some of us, your pride has been blocking you from striking. This is a word for somebody. And 2017, your pride has blocked you. And God is saying, going into this new year, you need to put down your pride. How many vessels are you going to go out and get? Come on. Your capacity is determined by you. It's not determined by what you have in your hand. The miracle is determined by God's word and his co-signing and pre-approving the word. Your capacity is determined by what it is that you do. How many times are you going to strike? How many vessels are you going to get? And so today, that's my encouragement to you. Is that as you prepare, how many times are you... Are you going to strike three times? Or are you going to keep striking until you get the victory? Jesus died for your sins over 2,000 years ago. As I told you, God's greatest love letter to mankind. He was whipped. He was bruised. He went all the way, man. He kept striking until he struck sin and death out. He kept striking until he made a way so that myself and so that Jessica and Dwayne and Jason and Dwayne and everybody in this place that we can have the opportunity to just put faith in what he's done for us and we can have life eternal he went all the way what if he didn't go all the way to the cross what if he gave up when he felt like quitting because we let we know in, in I believe it's Matthew 26 in the garden of Gethsemane he says man I've I I wish I didn't have to do this but nevertheless not my will but your will be done oh God but he struck all the way to the cross (laughs) and so the beautiful news is that if you're without God on today if you don't know the Lord if you don't have a relationship with him today you can make the decision you can respond to his love receive what he did for you on the cross welcome him into your heart like Dwayne shared that that he did and the Dwayne who invited him did and the many of you who are in here many of you have done make that decision today give him your life he doesn't want you to be perfect stop making excuses God made salvation so it's excuseless he died for you before you could do anything to please him or disappoint him and so all you have to do is come to him the way that you are and say here I am Lord take my life let your will be done in my life i'm making plans but let your will be done and i'm okay god because i'm not having faith in just my plans coming to pass but i'm having faith in you and your plans and you can make all things work together for my good and so today someone in this place you're in either of two places you may be in this place where you're saying you know what i have not yet trusted christ and given him my life You have the opportunity today to respond to his gospel and respond to his love. Give your life to him. 
don't matter what you've done no matter how far you've been away from god today is your day make the decision today respond to his love give him your life before this year is ending you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow he said it in the text life is but a vapor people dying every day the best way to die before your computer shuts off is to make sure that your work is saved (laughs) that just preached man i'm about to do a backflip so that when the computer comes back on that your work was saved before you left i'm not get saved today respond to the lord you're maybe in that place and number two you may be someone saying you know what i've been only striking twice i've been striking three times and i'm ready now to go all the way god is saying i gave you grace through the cross and i'm ready now i'm ready to be with you my endorsement is there keep striking till you strike it out i'm believing for victory and so you today can respond in that sort of way is every head bow every eye closed i want to give you this